Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. You know, the message that you're about to hear, I pray not only just inspires you, but it encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, I bet there are some people in your life right now who you're thinking of that you know would benefit from such a timely message. Man, share it with them. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I encourage you, hit that subscribe button. Stay tapped into all that God is doing here at CF. And lastly, I wanna take this time right now to really thank those of you who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside of these four walls if it weren't for you, our friends, who come alongside us in prayer and support us financially. Listen, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your generosity. And we wanna simply say, thank you to continue or maybe to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can very simply go to our website and visit cfmiami.org slash give. Church family, I hope you're blessed by this. Enjoy the sermon. Man, aren't you glad that we have a song that wants to bless your family and the future generations? Can we praise God today? Amen. And praise God. Hey, well, welcome everyone at our local campuses and everyone watching online. Welcome to Christ Fellowship. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at CF. And uh, in the light of that song, I want to also celebrate with you all a little bit of what God has done through you this past week. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, now, you know, I, I shared our vision with us that we want every single person in a small group and every single group on mission. And uh, we've introduced the Be A Blessing initiative, which is when all of our small groups will come together alongside a family who's hurting in our community, and really just to bless them throughout the year, uh, at the start of uh, the new school year with a backpack program uh, for a Thanksgiving meal, for Christmas presents for the children, and beyond that. And uh, man, so many of our small groups decided to be part of this. And uh, listen, all of our small groups this past week went out to the Be a Blessing and went to visit our families and start to really just minister to them. I know when I went, I went with my small group and it was a beautiful experience where uh, we got to meet the little girl who we sponsored for the backpack program and we handed over a Thanksgiving meal and, you know, we prayed with that family. And as we were praying, you know, the lady was just weeping because she was just so touched that God had not forgotten her and her family, and it was a beautiful moment. And then this past Saturday, we went to a migrant camp down south in Homestead, and we ministered to so many different families. And in total this week, it was, we served 861 families. Hey, can we praise God for that? Praise God. And so before we start this message, I wanna pray for all those families. And I also wanna pray for us that we would hear from God. Can we pray? Let me lead us in prayer. Father, Lord, we are so grateful that you've chosen us, Lord, to do your work. And Father, you know the struggles, you know the situation of all these 861 families. And Father, we pray that they would just have felt your love this week, that they realize that there's a God who has not forgotten, that loves them. And Father, that you would use this Be a Blessing initiative to draw more and more families to experience not only the blessings that you want for them, but for the, for the next generation as well. And so, Father, also as we open up your word, Father, we want to hear from you today. So, Father, open up our hearts to hear the truth of your word. God, we love you so much. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray. And all of God's people say, 
Amen. Hey, let's go ahead and praise God one more time at all of our local campuses. And if you don't mind, go ahead and remain standing for the reading of God's Word. It's the way we honor His Word here. And today I'll be reading from Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 through 21. And you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. Now behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have what, church? Yeah, that I have prepared for you. So pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. In other words, God offered and prepared for them a beautiful, blessed life. All they had to do was take it and experience it. Amen? That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. And folks, let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, many of you know that I grew up in the, in the city of Miami Springs here in Miami-Dade County. And uh, even though Miami Springs is a beautiful little city nestled right in the center of Miami, it has a lot of great things to offer. But one of the main things that it offers is, uh, offers is a golf course. In fact, the whole town was built around this beautiful golf course that back in the day when Miami-Dade County started, it, it hosted many national championships. And so get this, if you grew up in Miami Springs, listen, you were offered the opportunity to play golf and really enjoy the game of golf as you were growing up. In fact, my two cousins, who I grew up with right there in Miami Springs, took advantage, took advantage of what the city offered and growing up, they played a lot of golf. And you know, I would go out there and I would hit some balls with them here and there, but they really took advantage of what Miami Springs had to offer. Now, folks, follow me here for just a moment. Because a few years back, I started playing golf, and I gotta be honest, when you start playing golf at 40 years old, it's pretty hard. Oh yeah. And quite frankly, listen, I, I stink. I mean, I, I am not good. In fact, when Pastor Al and I go out there to play, listen, we both sink together, right? Don't let them fool you. Shout out to Pastor Al Coral Gables. But anyway, the other day, after a frustrating round of golf, I remember getting in my car, and I pick up the phone, and I saw that my two cousins who I grew up with had just finished winning a golf tournament. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, they are really, really good. They continued to advance throughout the years. And folks, here is what I realized. That even though we grew up in the same exact neighborhood, that even though we grew up in the exact same family, we were really, really close. Listen, they continued to mature in the game of golf when I didn't. Get this, when they were taking advantage of everything that was offered to them in regards to the game of golf, listen, I spent my time doing other things that ultimately didn't really matter. And as a, and as a result, listen, they progressed in the game of golf to an extent that now they are enjoying the blessings of it. And when they go out there, they enjoy themselves. While me, on the other hand, I'm so struggling in the game of golf. And so, folks, do not miss this. 
Because even though we grew up in the same family, we grew up in the same exact neighborhood, folks, they took full advantage of what was offered to him, to them. And folks, let me just bring that over to our time together for today because folks, what an example of how so many people feel in their Christian life. And by that I mean this, and that just like I came to realize that I never took full advantage of what was offered to me. Listen, just like that, and here's the main idea as we open up God's word today. Listen, there's so many Christians that frankly have never taken advantage of the beautiful, blessed life that God offers them. Sure, they're believers and they come to church sporadically, but for whatever reason, listen, they've never matured in their relationship with God and have never come to experience the full blessings of God. And now they look at around other believers who are part of the same family in Christ, who perhaps grew up in a part of the same church in the same place, and they look at their life and they say, wow, look how far they've progressed. Look how far they've matured. But when you look at your own life, you feel, wow, I, I've never really taken advantage of all the blessings that God offers me. And who knows, maybe that's you today. Maybe you're sitting here right now and there's something in you, you start realizing, my goodness, I have never really taken advantage of the life that God offers me. And you look at your marriage life, you look at your family life, you look at your finances, you look at your career, you look at all these different things and you realize that you are not experiencing the fullness of the blessings that God is offering you. Yes. And you're at a point in your life, you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not experiencing that life. So Omar, what do we need to know? What do I need to know in order to begin to experience all that God has to offer me? For folks, we're gonna find out today from Exodus chapter 23 in the, uh, as we continue our study through the book of Exodus, all right? So our favorite Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 23. And church, today I have two important thoughts for us of what we need to know about the life that God offers us. Christ Fellowship, are you ready to dive into God's word? Come on, let me hear you. Yeah. Amen, let's be ready and expectant. So write this down as point number one, here we go. And that is that the Lord has prepared a blessed life for his people. Now folks, listen to what God's word says in Exodus 23. It says, behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have, what church? Prepared. That I have prepared for you. Now stop right there and slip into the scene. Because God's vision for the people of Israel is after that, that is, is that after he set them free from that oppressive regime of Egypt, that now they would enter into this physical land, this huge land where they could experience the full blessings of God. In fact, God then now gives them the physical boundaries 
of this land that he has prepared for them. In fact, listen to what it says in verse 31. It says, and I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, which is the Mediterranean Sea, and from the wilderness to the Euphrates, which is the Euphrates River. And folks, this is not the first time that God revealed to the people of Israel the physical land that he had promised them. In fact, if we would journey back to Genesis chapter 15, God first reveals this to Abraham. In fact, listen to what it says in Genesis 15. It says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, to your offspring I give this land. From the river of what? Of Egypt, which is the now river, to the great river, the river what? Euphrates. Euphrates. And so, just so you have a visual of what is this promised land that God had given to them, let me just kind of show you a map for just a moment. So for example, this right here is the Nile River. They were in captivity right here, right, during, during, during the time in Egypt. And then the Euphrates River goes from all the way to the north, all the way to this point. And then obviously, right, the, 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 the Mediterranean Sea is right here, which is the Sea of the Philistines. And so really what God was saying is that from the, now, from the Red Sea all the way to the Euphrates River, that that was going to be the promised land. And this would be a land that when they entered, they were going to experience all of the blessings of God. And folks, listen, in the same way, the moment that you came to know Christ as Savior, listen, God has promised you a beautiful, blessed life. In fact, this is why Jesus said, I came that they may have what, church? Life, true life, and have it what? Abundantly. And so, and so listen, just like God was bringing this huge abundant land, God is offering us abundant life. And here's what we're going to learn. Write this down as letter A. And that is that the Lord himself will lead his people into the blessed life. In fact, listen to what it says in verse 20. It says, behold, I send and what? Angel. An angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. So pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression for my what? My name is in him. So notice, in addition to the pillar of smoke and fire that we learned about this at the first week of the of this series, if you recall, there was an angel leading the people of God. So who is this angel? Go ahead and circle the word angel in your Bibles or in your handout if you're taking notes. Because the word there for angel in the original Hebrew is the word malach. And the word malach simply means a messenger, or more importantly, a representative. And so what God the Father was telling the people of Israel is that I'm going to send my representative, and he is going to lead you into this land that I have prepared for you. But folks, it's interesting 
that God goes on to say that my name is in him and do not sin against him because he won't pardon your sin. Which alludes to the fact that this messenger, this representative of the Father, has the ability to forgive sin, which is unlike any angel. And so because of it, many scholars suggest that this is not an ordinary angel. This is the appearance of the pre-incarnated Christ in the Old Testament. I always like to remind you that the life of Jesus didn't start in a manger in Bethlehem. That was the beginning of his incarnation when he took on flesh. But the Lord has always existed, amen? And so many suggest that this is what it is. And in fact, right before they enter the, into the promised land, we see another appearance of this man in the book of Joshua as they were entering the land. In fact, listen to what happens then. And by the way, there's one, if not my favorite passage in the Old Testament. I don't know why, but I love this passage. It says this. It says, now when Joshua, this in the future as they were entering the land, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua, who is a warrior, went to him and said, are you for us or our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth. And what? And worshiped and said, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And so it's obvious that the Lord himself was leading the people of Israel into this promised land. And folks, in the same way, the moment that you gave your life to Christ, listen, our Lord, your Lord, he's going, to, if you follow him, he is going to lead you into this blessed life that he is offering you. Can I get an amen to that? And folks, here's what he promises to do. Write this down as letter B. That is that the Lord will do the impossible work for his people. In fact, let's do what God's word says in verse 23. It says, when my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, all these people were dwelling in the land. And I blot them out. Notice it says, I will, everyone say, I will. I yeah, I will send my terror before you and will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come. And I will make your enemies turn their backs on you. So notice, as they go into this land, listen, the Lord was telling them, listen, I am going to do what you are incapable of doing. I am going to be the one that is going to put terror in their hearts and they are going to flee from you so that you could enter the land. I am going to do what you cannot do. And in the same way, listen, when we start with our life with the Lord and we start following the Lord, listen, there are certain things that you by yourself, you cannot do. In fact, some of us may be here today in our walk with the Lord. And quite frankly, you are discouraged. 
because you feel like you can never rebuild your marriage. Because you feel you cannot fix a family issue in your life. Because you feel you cannot get your finances in order. Listen carefully, child of God. Listen, there are some things that you cannot do. And that's good for you to know because listen, you cannot change people's hearts. You, there are certain things that you cannot do. But God promises that as you start following him, I can do the things that you cannot do, amen? Can we praise God today for that? And listen, not only that, but third, write this down as letter C. Listen, the Lord will do it in his timing. In fact, listen to what the Lord tells him next. He says, and I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beast multiply against you, but little by little. Everyone say little by little. Yeah, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and possess the land. And folks, here's what's amazing. God had the power to do what they cannot do overnight. He could have over, overnight driven all those people out of that land. But listen, he knew that quickly was not the best way. He was going to do it slowly so that the animals wouldn't multiply too much and they, as they would increase, they could possess the land at the right pace. And folks, listen, just like that, in the same way, listen, when we started our walk with God, some of us want God to work today. Some of you want God to do something that you want him to do right now, overnight. But he says, listen, your timing is not best. My timing is right. And so there has to come to be a, for a point that you realize, listen, that you need to trust God that he is going to do what you cannot do at the perfect timing, in the right time in your life, in the life of your family. And church, I always like to remind you, sometimes, listen, we wanna write our own testimony. We wanna write the story and the testimony of our children or families. Listen carefully, you are not writing your testimony. You are not writing the story of your family. God himself is the one that's writing your testimony. God himself is the one that's writing the testimony of your family. And so child of God, trust that, he, uh, trust that he can do what you cannot do. Listen carefully, wait for him to do it at the right time. Can we praise God today for that? So you may be wondering, well, Omar, listen, I want to experience, I want to trust God. I want to let him do what he's going to do. But is there something that I must do? Oh, yeah. Write this down as big number two. Listen, to experience the fullness of God's life for you, you must obey. Amen. You must obey. But here's the key. Fully obey, not partially obey. In fact, let's go back and listen to what the Lord said. He says, behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way 
and to bring you to the place that I've prepared. So pay careful attention to him and what church? And obey him, his voice. So God wanted them to trust him and obey. And here is the main command. It says, you shall tear down the altars and break their pillars and cut down the ashram for you shall worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. And so here is what he was telling them. Listen, I am going to do what you cannot do. I am gonna put terror and I'm gonna drive these people out. But as you walk into this land, as you walk into this life, listen, you must do what I'm asking you to do and tear down these altars and tear down these ashrams. Now, what are these things that he's referring to? Well, you see, these altars were altars to the God named Baal. You see, the people of that land, they used to worship a God named Baal, and, sat, and he was over all the other gods, and he was a God of fertility. So oftentimes, the people, the people of that land would grab their children and sacrifice them to this God named Baal to continue to bless them. And so this was the altars that God is referring to. And then, usually right next to the altars, there are these huge wooden poles that will go into the sky. And these wooden poles were called asherahs, uh, or ashrams. And so these were poles, really, that represented the God Asherah, another fertility God. And so they were all throughout the land. So what God was telling them, listen, children of Israel, as you walk into that land, you tear down every single altar of Baal. You take down every single pole of Asherah, every single thing you see in the land, you take it down. That is what I've commanded you to do. And folks, the sad, the sad thing about it is that when they went, when they went into that land, they did tear down most of the altars. They did tear down most of the ashram, but they left some behind. And if you fast forward, they did not fully obey. And to the point that in the book of Judges, it says that the people of Israel did was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asheroth. And folks, listen, in the same way, there's so many people today who want the full blessings of God, but yet they are not fully obeying God. Amen. They're only partially obeying God. So you need to ask yourself, in the area of my life where I want God to bless my life, am I fully obeying God? In your marriage, husbands, are you fully obeying God? Leading your wives, loving your wives. Wives, are you honoring your husbands? Are you allowing him to lead? Are you following his lead? 
And even when you fail, even when you are in an argument, listen, do you reconcile together in a God-honoring way or do you let your pride get in the way and spend days not talking to each other? In your romantic life, singles, listen carefully. Are you waiting on God? Are you staying pure? Are you fully obeying God? Are you falling to impurity and not really waiting on God? Families, listen, are you fully obeying God with your children? Are you prioritizing the things of God that everything at home always points to the Lord, that every single Sunday you come and you worship of the family or are the things of God simply optional when it's convenient? Listen, when it comes to your finances, are you fully obeying God? Are you giving your tithe? Are you giving your offering? Are you honoring him with what is given to you? Or do you just tip God whenever it's convenient for you? In your career, in your business, are you obeying God? Are you a man, a woman of integrity? Or do you cut corners whenever it's convenient? Listen, I will always remind you, you cannot expect God to bless an area of your life if you're not fully obeying God in that area. Because it's only when you fully obey God that you will begin to experience the blessings and the life that God has for you. Can I get an amen to that? And church, not only does God want you to fully obey him, but write this down as letter B. Listen, do not make any concessions with sin. In fact, listen to the warning that God gave them in verse 32. He says, you shall not make no covenant. Everyone say no covenant. Okay. Yeah, no covenant with them, with the people of that land and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest you make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. And then in Exodus 34, listen to the warning. Take care, children of God, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. And then listen carefully. And when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, and you eat of his sacrifice, and you take their daughters for your sons, and their daughters then will whore after other gods and make your sons whore after other gods. Powerful. He said, listen, if you make concessions, if you let them live in the land, if you make any covenants, they're not only going to lure you away from God, but your children and their children, they are going to be lured by these people away from the Lord, their God. And you know the sad part is, we'll, we will learn about this next year. The sad part is that when they entered into the land, they did make covenants with the people there. They left some of them. They made tiny covenants, and listen carefully, those tiny covenants that they made with the people, they had to pay a big price because their children 
and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren was constantly be, those people would be a thorn on their flesh. And those are the people that kept leading the people of Israel away from the Lord their God, the entire Old Testament. And folks, listen, just like that, in our lives, listen, when you and I, when we make concessions in our life, when we make covenants with the sin in our life, we end up paying the price. Oh, it's not a big deal if I don't fully cut off that relationship. Oh, it's okay if I, if I go and do those things with those people once in a while. I'm not doing it every weekend. It's just once in a while. Oh, it's okay. You know, if, if I go back to that addiction, you know, I'm not fully back into it. Listen, tiny concessions today means a lot of difficult, sor a hard sorrow later, amen? amen? And the truth of the matter is that the concessions and the things that you do today not only impact you, they impact your children, and they impact future generations. That's why it's always been said, and it's a famous line, that sin will always take you further than you wanna go. It'll keep you there longer than you want to stay. And guess what? It will cost you way more than you wanted to pay. Amen. So whenever you think of making concessions with sin, think of that thought. And you know the tragic thing about the people of Israel is that eventually they did go in and they possessed, they captured part of the land but the sad thing about it is that they never captured the fullness of the land that God had promised them. In fact, going back to the original map, I'm gonna show you something very quickly. This was, like I said earlier, this was the original promised land, or roughly, right? This is more or less the boundaries of the land, which by the way, this was key, because notice, if they would live in this area, they would have so much land, they would be buffered and isolated from any other enemy, right? They'll be protected. So God had a plan for their life. But you see, even though this was the promised land that God had prepared for them, this is what they experienced. That right there is what they actually took. God had pre pre prepared a huge land for them, but this is what they took. And even while they were living in this land, not the fullness of the physical land, they still even then struggled. Why? Because now their enemies were all around them. And throughout the history of Israel, they kept being attacked and lured away from God. And listen, the same thing could happen in our life today. Listen, God has offered you a specific life for your marriage, right? But oftentimes, here's what we experience. A portion of what God has, offers to us. God offers us a specific way of a romantic life, but this is what we end up experiencing. God offers us a beautiful family life, but here's what we get to experience. You know, God offers us this financial life, this career life, but oftentimes here's what we experienced. And the reason for that is because so many times we don't fully obey 
and we make concessions with sin, and because of it, we do not experience the fullness of the blessing that God offers us. And so listen, my encouragement for you today and to myself, because listen, when I stand up here, I'm preaching to myself. It's listen, fully obey the Lord. Fully obey the Lord. Make no concessions with sin in your life and start experiencing the life, the blessed life that God has given to us so graciously. Can I get an amen to that? And so family, let me end with this. You know, if we fast forward through the history of Israel, and we come to a man whose name was Gideon. And this was an ordinary man. And unfortunately, he was suffering the consequences of his ancestors, of his family. In fact, in his family, in his home, there was an altar built of Baal, and there was an ashram that was towered into the sky. And one day, the Lord had an encounter with him. In fact, listen to what happens then. It says, then Gideon perceived that he, was in the, that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord, but the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Do not fear, for you shall not die. But then listen to what he says next. And that night the Lord said to him, Gideon, pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that's beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God. You begin to follow me. You begin to worship me. And listen, he was telling him, listen, even though you have had a history of with all these altars, with all, listen, you do what I've commanded you to do. And sure enough, that same night, Gideon brought down the altars, took down that Asherah pole, and from that moment on, he began to serve and follow the one true God, and his family began to experience the blessings of that. And listen, what a lesson for some of us. Because some of us, listen, the Lord is having an encounter with you right now. And he's saying, listen, I know that you have not followed me and obeyed me fully. I know that you've made certain concessions, but my child, today, make a commitment to follow me. Tear down these altars, tear down these poles, and begin to follow me. It is not too late. If you start following me with all of your heart, you will experience the life that I have for you. And so if that's you, if you are a believer in Christ, listen, let this be an encouragement to you. Whatever that is in your life, bring down those altars and start fully obeying God. Amen. Listen, you may be here today, and the reality is that you, you don't even have a relationship with God. You have not even entered into that land, into that life with God. And there's something here that says, you know, more man, I'm tired of living by myself. I feel like I keep struggling. I feel like I'm apart from God. I have all these altars in my life that are dragging me down every day. And I just, I know I need to follow the Lord. I need to be with God. So how can I start a relationship with God? So simple. This is not about you coming to church and sitting down. It's not about doing good things. 
It's not about a ritual that you did when you were an infant that you were not even aware of. It's not even about that. There has to be a moment that you put your full faith and trust in what Jesus Christ has done for you at the cross. There needs to be a moment that you surrender to God. And the Bible says that the moment that you surrender to God, here's what he does. He first of all forgives you of all of your sin. Everything you've done, that you've come into this place and you are dragged down. Listen, he forgives you. He knows it. He forgives you. Then he brings you close. He makes you his own son and his own daughter. And you start a personal relationship with God. You're no longer alone. And from that moment on, listen, you start a personal relationship with God that will never end. But there has to be a moment in your life. Listen, will you surrender? And you put your trust and faith in what Jesus did for you. The question is, will you put your trust in him today? Let's bow our head for prayer at all campuses. Lord, we are thankful, God, for those of us who have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that you're a reminder that it's never too late, oh Lord, to bring down these altars, to bring down these things in our lives so that we can begin to follow you with all of our hearts. But with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to those of us today here who, you know it's time. You know it's time for you to start your relationship with God. And so if that's you, listen, at all campuses, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And when I lead you through a prayer, listen, these are not words that we read here at Christ Fellowship or a poem or a script. Listen, it's just me helping you talk to God. And when you pray, know that what saves you is not the words, it's the faith behind the words. And so when you pray this, listen, you don't pray this to me. You pray this to the God who loves you and gave his son to die for your sins on that cross. And so that's you. If you're ready, you pray this quietly to yourself and you pray to the Lord. Pray this with me. Lord, today I realize that I need you in my life. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired of living life apart from you. So I confess my sin before you. I ask you for forgiveness of sin. And today, Lord, I put my trust and my faith no longer in the things of this world, but on you. Save me today, O oh God. And for the rest of my life, Lord, help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. Thank you, Father. It's in the person name of Jesus I pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.